Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. So glad to be back with you again today, just sharing the Word of God, and um, uh, let's just get right on into it. We are, I've been talking for the last uh, number of podcasts about um, having a tender conscience in a conscienceless age, and so just talking about, this is a real practical thing for all of us. Last time, um, the last podcast, uh, we looked at uh, at, um, 1 Corinthians 8, Romans 14, and talked about uh, how we need to train our conscience and make sure that uh, we don't allow ourselves to do things that hurt others because our conscience seems to allow it. So uh, today I want to continue this theme of conscience. We are, the world is becoming so much uh, more self-centered and lawless and and conscienceless, I guess you could say it that way, right? Uh, so now is not a time to have a weak conscience, if anything Now's the time for us to develop our conscience. So um, we're talking about 10 things that uh, we need to know about the conscience. Conscience, again, is the voice of our human spirit. You know, you could say reason or thinking, and reason is the voice of the mind. Feeling is the voice of emotion. The five senses are the voices, voice of the physical body. They all really intertwine together. It's more complex than I'm I'm saying it. It's I'm saying it in a simplistic way, but it's quite complicated in some ways. But then our our conscience is the voice of the human spirit. So all of us have a conscience, and it's just amazing that you can have uh, two people who are believers. One can allows themselves to do this or that, and another one has a has a very strict way of living, and they can't do this, 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 and this. See, it all has to do with conscience. Why are we so different? Because our consciences have been trained and trained from childhood to allow or disallow certain things. So we're trying to make this as, 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 um, as practical as possible. So let's jump right into it again. We have, we're talking about 10 things to know about conscience. Number one, we have mentioned that we live in a conscienceless age. Secondly, conscience, we define conscience as the inner sense of what is right or wrong in one's conduct or motives. Uh, Number three, conscience is the voice of the human spirit speaking to us, and we took some time and developed that thought. Number four, conscience must be trained, and that's what we talked about last time where we went to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 8, Romans 14, where it talks about don't do anything whereby you offend a fellow believer. So again, that has to do with our conscience and the conscience of another person. So we need to walk carefully with each other and not just be a self-centered person. So let's start with number five today. The fifth thing to know about conscience is the Holy Spirit uses the conscience to convict. Here's some, some illustrations from Scripture, John 8, verse 9. Jesus was speaking, those who heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And, you know, a woman was caught in adultery. The religious people said she should, you know, these people should be stoned. This lady should be stoned. They 
pulled her out of her tent, threw her on the street, and everybody had their stones picked up to stone her because that's what the Mosaic law said. And Jesus just made a comment. They asked him, what do you say? And he said, the one with no sin cast the first stone. And those who heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even unto the last. So again, they were convicted by their own conscience. Uh, now, you know, let me say it again. See, see that whole crowd, because they knew the Mosaic law, see their conscience smote them. We live in a culture right now, the conscience is being eroded in a, in a, in a, in a, in a big way. And uh, people are allowing themselves to do things that, you know, when I was a young boy, uh, even the cultural um, the cultural conscience wouldn't allow certain things that are are commonplace today. So, wow, what a change we have versus uh, the times of the Bible when Jesus mentioned these people were convicted by their own conscience. Acts 2.37, Peter just preached a, a big sermon on the day of Pentecost, talking about the movement of the Holy Spirit. And it said when, and he was talking to religious people there in Jerusalem, when they heard this, it says they were cut to the heart because he was berating them for their religiousness and their sin that it calloused them. And his words penetrated them. It says they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what should we do? So again, Peter just simply preached the word to them and it had such, a, it had such an anointing of the Holy Spirit on them that it grasped them. So again, conscience uh, is what the Holy Spirit uses to convict. That's why we as uh, pastors and ministers of the God, why do we preach the word? And why should we just share the things of God and the word of God with other people? Because in the word, there is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And again, uh, the more we know the word, the stronger and more balanced our conscience will be. The less we know the word, the less our conscience will be strong and balanced. So, you know, so many today, again, have a loose conscience, allows for all sorts of behavior that God clearly tells us to stay away from. We'll talk about this a little more with some other points. And that's, again, the reason that we need to preach the word today very, very clearly. Clearly, number six, a clear conscience keeps you sensitive to spiritual things. I want you to notice this is always really ministered to me, the Apostle Paul and what he said about his conscience uh, several times. And then Peter mentioned the con uh, conscience. Acts 23, 1, Apostle Paul said, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. I wonder if, I wonder how many of us could say, well, I've always kept my conscience. I always watch my conscience. See, conscience, again, is the voice of the human spirit and a person whose conscience has been trained in the Word of God. And it's got to be trained. Um, won't allow themselves just to do anything They'll be sensitive to God's word, and in being sensitive to God's word, they become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So I love Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul's comment, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. I mean, it's another way of saying I've, I let my human spirit rule my life on a daily basis. Acts 24, verse 1, the Apostle Paul said, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God, and toward man. Now, now, what was he saying? You know, underlying that, he's saying, I practice self-judgment. 
Um, you know, he said in Second Corinthians 13, I think it's verse 5, let, uh, you know, um, uh, check up on, you know, examine yourself to see whether you be in the faith. And then First Corinthians chapter 11, uh, beginning, I think, with verse 22 or so, where he's talking about the church having communion. He said, if we would judge ourselves, communion time is a time of self-judgment to make sure there are no areas of life that your conscience has become hardened and that we violated God in some way. And we should do that really on a daily basis, right? But I like what he said, I myself strive to have a conscience without offense. How can you do that? Well, uh, you have a conscience without offense by the moment you know you say or do something that should not have been said or done, you deal with it before God. And, you know, that's what I do. And how do you judge yourself? I like 1 Corinthians, I think it's 11, verse 32. Let a man examine or let a man judge himself and then let him come and eat the bread, the communion elements, and drink the wine, the communion elements. So again, how do you judge yourself? If we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. How do we judge ourselves? How do we keep our conscience tender when we have violated it? Go to God and repent, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from unrighteousness. I mean, you do it. Don't wait either. Don't wait till... Don't wait till you know the end of the day to say, God, if there's something I did wrong, deal with it right then. Because from that moment forward, when I violate conscience, from that moment forward into my day, my conscience is violated, and it's more difficult to hear. That's the reason if you do something, you say something, act in some way unseemly, and you know that you violated your relationship with Jesus, don't wait right then. Stop what you're doing. Say, Lord, I forgive me. I said so and so. I did such and such. Forgive me for that. In Jesus' name. Paul said this in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3, talking to a young minister, Timothy, I thank God whom I serve, and he said here, with a pure conscience. So wow, to keep a pure conscience. I really appreciate that about the Apostle Paul, and that has really mentored me over the years. And I want to encourage you, do all you can to keep a pure conscience. And that is the moment you say or do something that violates it, steer clear of it, repent of it. And we'll talk about that more with another point. But the issue is don't, to, don't let it go. I'm, I'm reminded again, I've shared this some time ago, but when I first came to the Lord, there was a, there was a guy who um, actually was a Bible school graduate that worked at the grocery store with me for, to make extra money for his family. He was a, he was a young man with, uh, I think, uh, uh, some children, and he was married and such. And, and, um, and he found out I, I had just met the Lord over a weekend, and he just simply asked me this question. I really never forgot it. Um, uh, he said, how do you determine um, how close you are to the Lord or, another way to put it, the spirituality of a person? And, and whether it's right or wrong, he made this comment, and I never forgot it. And I had just recently met the Lord. He said, he said uh, the people who are close to the Lord uh, and are spiritually growing and mature are those, he, he said, those who instantly, who instantly confess their sin where they do wrong. I never forgot that. He said, the longer you wait, the harder it is to connect with God. And, I never, and, and the further away from him you are. So, you know, I, I never forgot that. And it really ministered life to me. And, uh, you know, I was a very young believer at the time, but it, it bear, bear the point home to me that we need to keep a tender conscience and a pure conscience and a conscience without offense and a good conscience. So to do that, uh, when you do wrong, immediately deal with it because, um, because again, 
it cleanses the conscience when we do that. We'll talk about that more at another point. First Peter 3.16, uh, Peter said, Having a good conscience, that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. So Peter's advocating here again, live with a tender, strong conscience co towards God. So again, a clear conscience keeps us sensitive to spiritual things. And the more clouded our conscience becomes, the less we can hear, uh, the we can hear the voice of God. We all have perhaps had the experience of going into your home or another home. You open a, cat, a closet door, and there are so many things in that closet. You know, for instance, this is years ago when our children were small. We had a we had a closet that really we put all kind of things in there. It was like the junk closet. And I knew there was a, you know, a tool. It was, I, I don't know, I don't remember. It was either a hammer or a, or a screwdriver of some kind. And I was in there. I knew it was in that closet. I opened that closet door. They, it, that closet was full of debris. My children had put there, yada, yada. And I could not for the life of me find that, to find that little tool I needed because there was so much junk spread everywhere. And I ended up having to... I think I had to actually go buy one. It taught me a lesson. Clean your closets out. Well, spiritual closet cleaning is important too. And if we don't deal with the violations of conscience throughout the day, it's kind of like a junk closet you've got in your house. And, and there's so much there, you don't know where to start, so you don't do anything with it. See, see, see God didn't want us to live that way. He wants us to live in a heart fellowship with him. You know, he wants us, he wants us to mature. He, doesn't, he wants us to get to the place that we obey him. And, and, we don't, and we don't do wrong so often. And, you know, as you walk with God, you get to the point that, that you don't commit individual acts of sin as much as you did perhaps when you first became a believer as a new believer because, because you're, you're training yourself, you're developing new habits, and you're getting your mind renewed with God's Word. You're learning to say no to physical appetites and emotional things and mental things that you know would stain your relationship with Jesus. But, but again, you, we want to think of the idea of a big closet. You want to keep that thing clean. To do that every now and then, you've just got to go and put things in their place. So spiritual closet cleaning means there's no un, untouched things. There are no areas of life that, that I have not taken before God and dealt with. So again, it's important to have a good conscience. Uh, number seven, so again today we have talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit uh, uses the conscience to convict. Uh, number six, a clear conscience keeps us sensitive to spiritual things. Um, and then number seven, a violated conscience creates a spiritual disconnect from the Holy Spirit. And that's just what I was talking about. Hebrews 3.13 says this, you must warn each other every day while it's still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. What does sin do? It hardens us against God. It hardens us to our spiritual life and it and it pushes away and clouds up the spiritual atmosphere of life. That's why we want to be careful that we don't enter into acts of sin that can cloud our spiritual life and harden us against God. It's really important. You know, we're living in a day-to-day. -day. It's, it's, it's so sad to me that so many believers are allowing things in their lives that just a few years ago they would never even think of. And it's because of the culture. And what happens is... Uh, uh, the church tends to yield to the cultural trends of whatever generation it is living in. And that's the reason we have pastors, we have ministers, and we have leaders that can keep us on the straight and narrow, so to speak, as the, as the culture becomes, uh, 
becomes divided and becomes so much more permissive. The Apostle Paul had to deal with this in the first century, and in, in, in Timothy, who uh, was a young pastor, pastored the church in Ephesus, which was a very large church. Notice what the Apostle Paul said. Actually speaking, I believe, of the day we're living in today, and we're experiencing this in real time. First Timothy 4, 1 and 2. Now the Spirit expressly says, I mean emphatically declares that in the latter times, and those, that word latter times, that's referring to the times just prior to Jesus' return. Some will depart from the faith. So here are people that are in the faith. That I mean, they're believers, but they depart from the faith. That is, something gets them off the path. How do they depart from the faith? Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Uh, and so... What does it mean, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons? These are demon spirits that cause people to believe things that are not true. And so, so what happens is the gospel being presented, the word of God being preached, gets watered down a little bit at a time. And that little bit at a time keeps growing, growing, growing. And these de deceiving spirits come in and they water down the word. Let me encourage you, if you're in a church and the pastor's not preaching the word strong enough that it produces conviction, something's wrong with that church. Um, over the years, I've had people come and I just notice, you know, obviously when you're a public speaker, you're looking at the crowd and, and you look at the, um, uh, the dispositional people's faces and stuff. Over the years, I've had, I've had people come into our church and, and I've had several in mind that I never forget. I had one lady years ago, she looked at me she looked at me like she was looking a dagger through me the whole time I was preaching. So, you know, I finished my message and gave the altar call. And now she come up to me at the end. And she said, do you always speak that way? I said, speak what way? Well, boy, it's like, boy, that's, that's so challenging. See, she wasn't accustomed to being challenged uh, coming into a church service. You know what? Again, let me say, if you go to a church and, the, and what is spoken doesn't challenge your life and mentor your life and challenge you to be different I'd, I'd find another church because you know what the the word of God produces conviction and the word of God if it's preached the right way it cuts it divides and it shows you right from wrong I mean and we need to be doing that so again the spirit expressly says in the latter times some will depart from the faith giving heed to this uh, deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons then it says speaking lies in hypocrisy having their own conscience seared with a hard hot iron so again you know uh if if the if the word of god being preached is not strong you need to check up and find out why because uh he said here they had this he, he they had this problem probably first century and here we are at the end of the age and lack of strong biblical preaching uh, is, is as a result, and this is what the Apostle Paul said, demonic forces coming in, seeking to get ministers to water down the Word of God. And, and then what happens is they, they water down the Word in their own life. It says speaking lies and hypocrisy. And then having their own conscience seared. That is a person who knows what to do but chooses not to do it, and they harden themselves against God. That waters down the gospel, and it can affect a multitude of people. So he said, steer clear from that. So again, we need to be very careful. You know, I had a guy years ago in my office, I thought about this, and I'll end with this. Um, I've got so much more to share. Um, uh, 
years ago, he came in my office. He had been part of our church for a good long while. And, and he and his wife began to have problems. And uh, I met with his wife, and I brought him in by himself and was talking with him. And he sat in a chair uh, across the room from me, and we were just talking. And, you know, he, um, he was on the verge of, uh, of his wife leaving him and, and uh, losing his family. And he sat right there. And this guy, he had known me for a long time. They'd been in our church for a long time. But you know what he said to me? He said, he said, because I challenged him on the issue of him committing adultery. And he said, I, th he th I thought it was just fine for him to commit adultery. I mean, he really said that. And I was, see, I'm hesitant. I, I was flabbergasted. I was floored. I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Here's a man who had been in my church all this time, but somehow the word of God didn't, was not allowed to affect his heart and his conscience, and to him, what the Bible clearly says should not be done. It was no problem for him. What did that show? A tremendously violated conscience. Titus 1.15 says this, Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds and consciences are corrupted. Such people claim they know God. And this, was, this guy was saying, Hey, I can know the Lord and do this too. I said, No, you can't. He said, such people claim they know God, Titus 1, 16, but they deny him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. So we really want to be, uh, keep a tender conscience, and we want to make sure that we don't violate it. So again, a violated conscience creates a spiritual disconnect from the Holy Spirit. And people that violate their conscience repetitiously, it's a danger zone. And that's the reason you see some people that will allow themselves to do uh, things that uh, previous er eras of their life would not dare allow. It's because they constantly, repetitiously violated their conscience, and, and that violation of conscience produced things. Um, Jesus said it. There's going to come a time when people's consciences are so violated. Listen to what he said in John 16, 2 and 3. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he is doing God's service, offering service to God. Oh, my goodness. Now, how could something like that happen? It's because, my friend, uh, the conscience has been so repetitiously violated that it allows the person to do uh, what one, at one point they would never consider doing. So again, number seven, a violated conscience creates a spiritual disconnect from the Holy Spirit. And that's a very dangerous place to be. Um, I've got one more. I've got one more here, and I, I'm going to cover that or a couple of more uh, points here next time. We'll cover those next time. I want to encourage you. Uh, do some spiritual closet cleaning. It's something I do on a fairly regular basis, Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Um, David said, Search me, O God, know my heart, test me, and know my thoughts, and see if there's any wrong motive in me, and lead me on the way everlasting. That's a great... That's a great prayer to pray. Psalm 19, I think 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Uh, wow, <laughs> those, are, those are awesome scriptures. And I call that spiritual closet cleaning. And that is where you just get before God and say, Lord, um, I, I ask you, help me to introspect myself, to deal with my thoughts, to deal with what I've yielded to, to deal with my flesh to deal with my motivations, anything in me that's wrong, would you talk to me about it? Would you show me about it? You know, if you do that, here's what I found. The Lord is very tender, 
And the Lord is very helpful. He loves us. He wants to have fellowship with us. He doesn't want us to miss it. He doesn't want us to violate our conscience. And the good news is when you do, you don't run from God. You run to Him. And if you'll run to Him, you know He will love you and He will forgive you. He will cleanse you. And He will help you straighten out your spiritual closet that, bec- that, that become, can become so confused uh, because of the cultural trends of the day. Lord, I just pray for me and all of us as we tool through life uh, on a daily basis. Lord, help us to judge ourselves immediately when we know we do wrong. Lord, let us not uh, reach a point that our that our spiritual life is clouded and it's all mixed up because we haven't taken time to deal with issues item by item, line upon line. I ask you to help us. Help us to to, to uh, create and keep a very tender conscience toward you. Thank you for your deep, deep love for us. In Jesus' name. Well, we'll talk more about this the next time. I hope your day goes well. God bless you. Well, thanks for listening to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Uh, before you leave, please make sure... Uh, that you subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.